Today in the hallways of heaven, God's voice is reverberating. He's declaring his will. He's declaring his way. And the words coming from his mouth are better is possible. Better is possible. Better is possible. It's echoing from his voice. It's reverberating in the hallway of heaven. And it's coming to earth and coming to our hearts and it's coming to this house. We need to believe that what God says he will accomplish. On the authority of scripture, I want to remind us that whatever God says, he always fulfills. If you ever have any doubt about what God can do, just go to his word. In fact, I believe he's challenging us to believe him today that it's not about what we can do, it's about what he will do. I believe he's saying to us, follow me into your best future. Be willing to step out in faith with me. Be willing to take that step you've been holding back on. That thing that you've been willing, unwilling to give up. That thing that you've been holding on to. Be willing to release it to me because what I have for you is better. And I want to move you forward. I want you to advance. I want you to step into the future that I have for you because better is possible. Better is possible. Say it with me. Better is possible. Say again. Better is possible. With God, better is possible. In fact, with God, better is inevitable. Because he is the better that we need. And we get him, we get better. We get him who is better, but our life gets better. I want to invite us to allow these words not just to be a slogan on a screen, but let it be etched on the fabric of our heart. Allow him to write it. Allow him to deep-seed it in our heart and in our life. This belief that with him, better is possible. In fact, with God, all things are possible. That's what his word says. He's inviting us to believe him and take him at his word. In fact, I was thinking about this, that when we follow his vision, we discover his provision. When we follow his vision, we discover his provision because he always provides wherever he guides. Wherever he guides, he always provides. How many of you believers can attest to that by a raised hand? How many of you can say you've seen God be faithful in the good times and in the bad times, whether you were healthy or you were sick, whether you had much or you had very little? You and I, we can all declare that God has been faithful. And if he's been faithful in the past, guess what? He'll be faithful here in the future as well. He can help us move forward. Better as possible in your finances. Better as possible in your new business. Better as possible even if you're having infertility issues. Better as possible even if you have a fractured relationship. Better as possible even if there are children and family members who are distanced from you. Better as possible if you're here in San Antonio all by yourself. Better as possible no matter if you're sick and you're facing a cancer diagnosis. It doesn't matter if you've lost a family member. Better is possible. With God, better is possible. No one is excluded from it. God wants to include us all and declare that over us. Let me lean in and just say, God is saying to each and every one of us, better is 
impossible. But some of us, we're struggling a little bit with this idea of better is possible. Why? Because we have our hands on the steering wheel of our life. We're white knuckling it, trying to keep things going straight, but we, can't, we tend to get buffeted by the winds of life and we start drifting into the ditch and so we're pulling back and we're trying to navigate forward, but things are hard and you have somebody cut you off in the lane and you're struggling and you're struggling and you're trying to move forward, but there's one tire in your vehicle that's misaligned and you just dun, 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 and then you hit, get a flat and you change that flat and then you keep going and then you get another flat and you're wondering, God, why, is it not, why am I not moving forward? And he's saying, it's because I'm not in the driver's seat. Some of us, what we need to do is we need to let go and let God be in charge. We need to allow him to be the one steering our life. There's going to be a temptation, though, when you say, God, I'm willing to let you be in charge. There's going to be a temptation to try to grab the wheel away from him. And guess what? He's a respectful person. If you put your hands on the steering wheel of your life, he'll let go. But if you allow him to put his hands on the steering wheel of your life, what you'll discover is he'll lead you where you need to be. But there's a moment at the very beginning where you get a little nervous. Why? Because you've been used to driving your own life however you want. And God's saying, now you're going to do it my way. I'm here to remind us that even in the fear of letting go, we can trust God because God is good, he's always faithful, and his plan is always best. And he's saying, are you willing to trust me? Are you willing to believe that my plan is better? My plan is better is what he says. And it takes that step of faith to release. I don't know who I'm speaking to today, but Some of us who are here today, we are gripping the wheel, trying to control our life. And he's saying, just give me control, and I'll lead you to the place you've been trying to get to for years. We need to allow God to move in. Another thing that we need to do to qualify for the better that is possible is we have to believe for better. And that's the title of today's message, Believe for Better. Say it with me. Believe for better. Our belief is the foundation of what we can become. It's the foundation of better why. Because we become what we believe. Some of us, we're struggling in our life because we have broken beliefs. We believe that our life is broken, so we stay broken. We believe that we are hopeless, and so we stay hopeless. We believe that our life will never change, so our life never changes. God cannot Help us behave beyond our belief. He gave us free will. We have to allow him to lead us. Some of us, we believe more in the power of our problems than in the power of his promises. Why? Because in the midnight hour, we worry and worry and worry instead of worship him. We fret and we review the problems that we have, the the paycheck that isn't coming. We worry about the family member we can't seem to reach and God's saying, are you just willing to give me all your problems? And can, can you just allow me and just trust me that my power is sufficient to solve that issue? It's also sufficient to lead you through. 
We need to believe for better. I've discovered over time that our unbelief doesn't limit God's power. He's still all-powerful. But our unbelief limits God's power in our life. We block his power in our life because of our unbelief. However, the good news is that we can change what we believe. And it's important for us to change what we believe if it's not leading us into God's future. Why? Because it will help us experience God's better. And this is the good news. This is the good news. We get to become what we believe. If we're willing to put our faith and hope in Jesus Christ, we will become better. I'm here to reassure you, if you've been on the fence of saying yes to Jesus, if you say yes to him, you automatically qualify for the full scope of all the better that God has for you. All we have to do is say, Jesus, I need you in my life. I'm willing to put you in charge. Forgive me for my sin and lead me each and every day. And if we declare that from our heart, guess what? He'll step in and he'll lead us into the better that is possible. And the better that is inevitable, the better that he's promised us in his word. Allow God to step in and help you believe for better. And believing for better helps us close the gap that often happens in life, the gap between here and there, between our past problems and God's future promises. Believing for better is the thing that keeps you going in the midst of betrayal, in the midst of depression, in the midst of addiction, in the midst of anxiety, in the midst of fear, in the midst of, be- of destruction, in the midst of illness. Believing for better is what keeps us going. And some of us, we're stuck between here and there and we're about to quit. Can I encourage you, don't quit. Don't stop in the gap. Let God be the gap filler. Let him bridge the gap between where you've been and where he wants you to be. And if you're willing to stick with him, he'll get you there. Believe for better. Believe for better. Believe for better. And also believe that better is possible. In fact, I want to share with you how better is possible became our vision for 2023. Several months ago, we gathered together as a pastoral team to discuss how we could best serve God and serve each one of you. And we started off the meeting as we always do with the prayer, and the prayer was simply this, God, we invite you into this conversation. We want you to lead us. Give us wisdom, enlightenment, discernment, capacity, creative ideas to know what you want us to do for your people because this church isn't my church or Pastor Jim's church. It's his bride. And so we went to him saying, God, we need to know what you know. We need to know what you're thinking about. We want to be aligned with your heart, your mind, and your will. We want to fulfill what's in your heart. In Jesus' name, amen. And so then we began to share ideas. We could do this, we could do that. We, if we keep doing this, it's going to improve how we serve the people of our church. But hey, this thing that we've been doing for a couple of months, a couple of years, we need to abandon that because, yes, it got us where we're at, but it won't get us to where God needs us to be. And so we were in the midst of having that conversation, and one of our pastors was writing on the whiteboard. And yes, for all of you who are very organized, we were using different colors. Some of you are thinking that. Did they just use the black? No, we used the green and the red and the purple and all of those colors. And I was listening to the team have a conversation, but God was having a conversation with my heart. 
And I think somewhere in the midst of that, I had the thousand mile stare. You know what I'm talking about. You're staring off into the corner. I was listening to what the team was saying, but I was really allowing God to speak to my heart. And one of the pastors asked me, hey, Pastor John, what is it that you think? And so I paused and I just began to share my heart. I said, I believe that Westover needs to be a church where new people can meet and make new friends, where they don't have to do life alone. I believe that we need to be a church where people can advance in their life and grow in their faith, where they can grow together in community, where, where friends become family, where there can be unity even in the midst of diversity. That we can be a church where we bring people in, we help them discover their divine purpose, and then we empower them and equip them and mobilize them to step out and to do God's work. Empower them to create kingdom impact. I said, I believe God has life, hope, and future for this church and for each person that attends. And then I said, in fact, I think better is possible. And ding, just like that, all of us were shocked at what we just heard, including myself. And three or four people said, that's it. We had said a lot of words, but in three words, God distilled all that was in our heart. Because while we were sharing our thoughts, God shared his heart with us. That better is possible. And so we took that, we took hold of it. We knew we had just heard from the Lord and we said, God, help us see it come to pass because this is your vision. And I'm here to reassure you, church, that this vision isn't my vision. This is God's vision for this house and for each one of you. We need to take hold of it. Let it become a seed that grows in our spirit and helps us see all that God can do. Better is possible. To help us further understand this, I want to invite you to join me in Ephesians chapter 3. We're going to look at verses 20 and 21. Open up your Bible, open up your Westover app, and just want to remind us that in our Westover app, we have life group experience questions. You can use that with, uh, in a conversation with your coworkers, with your life group, with some family members. If this resonates with you, carry this forward and let the word of God and this idea of better as possible be transmitted into the other relationships of your life. Ephesians was written by a first century follower of Jesus named Paul and he faced a hard situation. He was beaten for his beliefs. He was thrown in jail. He was even shipwrecked a couple times and ultimately he was martyred for his faith. But even in the midst of all that, he still had confidence in God because his life was a big mess before he met Jesus. But after he met Jesus, Jesus changed his life. And I'm here to remind you, it doesn't matter the mess that you come in with. If you believe in Jesus, he will change your life. He will turn it around and he will lead you forward. And that's what this word is all about. So I want to invite you, let's lean into the word of God. Ephesians 3, 20 and 21. It says this. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more, say immeasurably more, than all we ask or imagine. And then in verse 21 it says this. To him be glory in the church. Where? In the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Say Amen. What the Apostle Paul is telling these first century believers is better is possible. It's what he's telling them. And he's telling it to us as well. And you know, as I read this passage, there's so much in just these very few words. But I want to share with you one insight that comes up for me. 
I love how this passage says, for all generations forever and ever, amen. I love the fact that it includes all generations because you and I were in a long lineage of people who have believed in Jesus Christ. It started with the disciples and now it's us. In fact, for those of you who may not know, my grandfather on my mom's side was a pastor. And my grandfather on my dad's side was a Sunday school teacher. And because of their faithfulness, to Jesus, both my parents are believers. They're still married. They're still faithful to one another. And they raised us in a Christian home. And all of my life, I watched my parents love Jesus, follow Jesus, and love people. For you see, my dad's a doctor. My mom's a nurse. They started a clinic in this very small, humble town. God sent them there. They thought they were going to be there two years, but they've been there 42 years. And they've given their life Their whole mission has been to serve the underserved, to care for those who are forgotten, those who don't have enough. In fact, I've seen my parents provide free medical care to people because they couldn't afford it, but because they needed it. And that same legacy of serving the underserved and caring for those who are outcasts, caring for those who don't have enough, is a legacy, a spiritual legacy that my parents gave me. And now Danae and I as parents, we have the privilege of seeing that spiritual legacy from my parents and from my in-laws, who, by the way, have served God faithfully all of their lives. That's being transmitted into my kids, Aiden my son and my daughter Alexis. And I've seen God move powerfully in my kids' lives. Them accepting Jesus, them saying yes to to declare their faith through water baptism. I've heard them pray in the Spirit. Parents, if you ever want to hear the sound of heaven, listen to your kids pray in the Holy Spirit. It sounds like heaven. But even more than that, I've seen God specifically individually and together call them out and speak life and hope and future over them. In fact, recently at a, at a service with evangelist Joe Oden, God called out both of my kids and spoke life and future and hope. And it was God, it wasn't us. It was God speaking to them. And that legacy continues and that legacy continues. And I've seen God continue that spiritual legacy in our family But I also believe that it's the same for your kids and your grandkids and for your great-grandkids and for the people in your life. Just because God does it for us doesn't mean you all are excluded. It includes all of us. For all generations forever and ever, amen. In fact, Paul got so excited as he was penning these words that he turned it into a prayer. He ended it with the words, amen. And amen means It means, let it be so. But more importantly, it's the name of God. And when we say amen, we're saying, God, we believe that you're the God that makes it so. And we're asking you to make it so. Don't just say amen as a casual thing. Make it an exclamation point. Let your amen be your declaration. In fact, you could say it this way. Another way to say amen is, activate me now. A-M-E-N. Activate me now. Activate me now. Activate me now. Say it with me. Activate me now. I want there to be a declaration. I want you to believe that God can activate you right here, right now. But today I want to share with you very quickly two steps to believe and become better. Number one, number one, become what you believe. 
Become what you believe. Say it with me. Become what you believe. In Matthew chapter 9, Jesus meets two blind men. He's walking along the road. They heard Jesus was coming through and they said, Son of David, have mercy upon us. And they began to follow him. Guess what? They're blind. Some of us can see we're not following Jesus. These guys are blind and they're stumbling through, but they're wanting to follow Jesus because even though they're physically blind, they have their spiritual eyes open. And guess what? Jesus gets to his home. He walks in the door and these blind men follow him in. They were willing to break protocol to get to Jesus. And when you're hungry enough for a miracle, you're willing to break all protocol to get to Jesus. How many of you are ready to break all protocol to get to Jesus? How about you, but I'm willing to break protocol. I'm willing to come up to the front and worship God all by myself. I'm willing to seek God and kneel down and pray. I'm willing to declare him in, in faithfulness to the person A H E B. Why? Because of what God's done in my life. And I'm inviting us to be bold the same way. And Jesus turns around and says, do you believe I can heal you? And they say, yes, we do, master. And then he says to them, become what you believe. I'm here to declare to you prophetically, become what you believe. Become what you believe. Become what you believe. Today I want to share with you what God has allowed us to become because we believed. In 2022, we believed that God was going to help us continue to be a global impact church. And because we were willing to believe, he did. Because of your generosity, we were able to give $95,000 to build ministry training centers in the country of Tanzania. Because of your generosity, Westover, 600 pastors were ordained in Tanzania, including one pastor that was raised from the dead. Because of your generosity, we were able to give $55,000 to Convoy of Hope for disaster relief and for women's empowerment. We were able to give money to provide necessary supplies to the people of Ukraine. We were able to give disaster relief to people in Puerto Rico after Hurricane Maria. We were able to provide funds and resources to vulnerable women in El Salvador and Honduras. We were able to give resources so that these women could escape poverty, so they could have a small business, so they could support their family and didn't have to step into illegal or immoral things to support their family. In fact, the women who attended the last Thrive event, you all packed 500 hygiene packs to support women who often need it in the midst of a disaster because of your generosity. Because of your generosity, we received the largest one-day offering this church has ever received, $201,000 to feed children around the world. Because of your generosity, nearly 1,700 kids have a meal this year because you gave last year. They're being fed this year. But most importantly, they're, they're able to sit at a table and hear about a Jesus that loves them, that died on the cross for them. You all made that happen, Westover. God has allowed us to be a global impact church. In fact, I got a report from Convoy of Hope this week, just this week, that because of the partnership of hundreds of churches and thousands of people just like you, Convoy is now feeding half a million children around the world. And I say hallelujah to the king. We're helping children and families escape poverty and find lasting hope. 
You, Westover, are an answer to a prayer of a parent in another country because they can send their kids to get a meal in a place that's safe, but most importantly, they can hear about Jesus. In 2022, we believe that God was going to help us continue to be a local impact church. And because we were willing to believe, he did. We continued a community partnership with three elementary schools, Coon, Raba, and Myers Elementaries. We were able to give every child a backpack and a water bottle. We were also able to give every staff member in each of those schools, teachers, staff, administration, a $50 gift card so that they could resource their room, resource their environment. They didn't have to dig dig into their own pockets. 300 people were blessed because of you, because of your generosity. We also prayed, God, would you help us leverage our sports field to make a community impact? And because, because we prayed that prayer, God allowed us to host two community invitation events. The first one was the Easter egg hunt. We were able, we were able to invite 1,100 families to be part of our Easter egg hunt. And we had 10,000 people attend our Field of Lights experience. Families had fun. Children had fun. But also, we were able to pray blessing over families. In fact, there was a lady who needed prayer because she was facing a high-risk pregnancy. And the doctor said, you might lose the baby. We also prayed for another lady who was facing a cancer diagnosis. She came up, she says, I just need prayer. I need God to heal me. We were also able to leverage our sports fields in our sports ministry. We were able to have 3,100 participants in our sports leagues, a total reach of 49,000 plus people. In fact, over 60% of the people who attend a sport event don't even attend Westover. And I say praise the Lord for that. Because when they come on the campus, I believe they, they experience the presence of God, not only in the ambiance and in the environment, but also through us. A local impact church. But also in 2022, we prayed that God would help us continue to be a spiritual impact church. And this is the thing I'm most excited about. We decided as a church and as a staff that we were going to pursue the presence of God unashamedly in every environment, every service, in every moment we gather together, that we were going to seek the heart of God, that we were going to pursue him, that we really were going to follow Jesus and love people. And because of that, people have begun to come to this church. In fact, Westover grew 20% last year. Because of that, we are the 58th fastest growing church in the United States by Outreach Magazine. It's not about the numbers, it's about the stories. I'm here to tell you a story about a couple that started coming to Westover. They came. They came and... Very quickly, they started to connect with us. And one day, the man came up to me and he asked for prayer. And I prayed for him. And here's what happened. He said, Pastor John, I have a health diagnosis. And it's pretty serious. I need prayer for that. But also, there's a family member of mine, my sister-in-law. She actually has cancer. Can we pray for that? So right here at the altar, I prayed for him and for his sister-in-law. The next week I get an email. The very next week I get an email from him. He tells me this. There's really great news, Pastor John. The thing that they thought I had, I don't actually have. And the thing I do have, they can actually treat. And oh, by the way, the best news is that my sister-in-law no longer has cancer. She's been healed. 
And yesterday I spoke with him. He told me, he told me that she went to her follow-up appointment and guess what? She still doesn't have cancer. God can still heal. That's just one story of many stories. And I know many of you have stories too. If you have a story about what God's done, come find my wife and I at Guest Central in the main lobby after service. We want to hear that story from you. We also were, were able to partner with 88 families to dedicate children unto the Lord. What a blessing to be able to dedicate, rededicate children to the Lord. We're able to take the children that God's entrusted to us and we're willing to say, God, I give them back to you. There's something, that power, there's something that's powerful that happens in a family when parents dedicate themselves to God and then when they dedicate their children under God. 88 families. In fact, one family sticks out. This is a family that struggled with infertility for seven years. And every year we prayed, and every year we prayed, and every year we prayed. And they had a couple miscarriages. They'd get pregnant, and then they'd lose the baby. They'd get pregnant, and then they'd lose the baby. They'd get pregnant, and they lost the baby. But we continued to pray. We continued to pray. We continued to pray. And then in 2021, they came up to me, and they said, after we had prayed, they said, guess what, Pastor John? We're not wanting to tell everybody, but we're pregnant again. And we just prayed, God, would you hem in that baby? And guess what? Last year, I got to meet that baby of promise and be able to dedicate that child unto the Lord. And that's what God can do. He's still the God of miracles. But here's the best statistic of all. 3,323 people said yes to Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And guess what? Heaven threw a party for each one of them. And then 320 people publicly declared their faith in Jesus Christ through water baptism. Wow. But I'm reminded of one story. A couple months ago, I had the privilege of baptizing a family. The mom, the dad, a son and a daughter. And the son came into the tank. And I said, tell me one thing that God has done for you. He said, Pastor John, I had a brain aneurysm and I almost died, but God saved me. And I said, hallelujah to the Lord. Right after that, the dad walks in the tank and he says, God saved my son. I stayed in the hospital for 30 days and 30 nights. I slept on the hardest seat uh, cushion uh, chair in the world, but I did not leave his side. But most importantly, God didn't leave his side either. And because of that, he went in in a coma, but he walked out and God saved his life. And I say, God, if you did it for him, you can do it for all of us. And then another thing that I'm profoundly excited about is about the spiritual awakening that's happening in the next generation. We've had the evangelist Joe Oden with us too services last year and each service has been profound we've seen the power of god move there's been dozens if not nearly a hundred students up here on the platform and god's been speaking life to them and breathing hope into them and he's giving them life and a future he's setting them free from oppression he's healing kids he is moving profoundly and i'm here to promise you westover i as the pastor will make sure that i will clear every roadblock and every difficulty that gets in the way of your kids 
your students, your grandkids from getting to the presence of God. I will ensure that they get to Jesus. I will clear every obstacle so God can encounter them, so that the enemy does not steal them, so that they discover that God is real and that he has a purpose for them and that he wants them to move forward. That is my promise to you. God is on the move. And I believe that we as adults, we need to celebrate what God is doing in their life. I believe we're catching glimmers of the beginning of Acts chapter 2 where it says, In the last days I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. We as parents, we need to pray that God gives them the ability to prophesy, to speak God's truth under the anointing and the influence of the Holy Spirit, and that God would give them visions and that he would still give us dreams. Some of us, we need to start dreaming again. In fact, that leads me to the second and final point, which is simply this. In order to believe and become better, we need to imagine again. God is inviting us to see his future. We need to imagine again. I believe our best days are yet to come. I believe that our future is better than our past. I believe that God wants to do immeasurably more in your life. You've been asking, and God hasn't answered what you're asking because there's something that he's imagining. We need to get on his playbook. We need to ask him to allow us to imagine and dream again. As I close, I want to invite you to stand. Before we imagine again with God, I, wanna, I just want to invite you. If you took a powerful faith step, however big or small, this past year, and you want to give God glory, I just want to invite you to raise your hand. Can we just celebrate the Lord? If you took a faith step last year, take another one with him. And your next faith step could be right here, right now. Imagining what God could do again. Imagine, imagine what would happen if Jesus was at the center of every family every day. Imagine what would happen if 500 families made church attendance part of their regular family rhythm and weekly rhythm. Imagine what would happen if 4,000 people were saved this year. Imagine what would happen if, if there was 30 new life groups and 300 people joined a life group so that they didn't have to do life alone and they could find faith family. Imagine what would happen if 100 students were called into the ministry. Imagine if we were to feed 2,000 kids this year, we would provide the resources this year so we could feed them Next year, imagine what would happen if we gave 1.5 million to global and local missions. Imagine what would happen if God, if he so wills it, we were to step out and plant another campus. Imagine what God could do. Whatever you're imagining that God could do, he can do much more. In fact, I was thinking about this altar moment, our worship team's coming out. Imagine what God could do through us. I want to invite you to close your eyes, lift your hands. And I want you to say this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, I'm allowing you to dream again in my heart. I want to see what you see. I want to believe again. I want to believe for better. 
Help me believe that better is possible. In Jesus' name, amen. The worship team's gonna come up and here's my challenge. If you want God to help you imagine again, if you want to dream again, if you want him to plant and speak a specific word to you, that will be something that you can hold on for the rest of the year. When the worship team comes up, I'm going to invite you to come and just stand and let it be a declaration of faith. Be willing to be like the blind man who's willing to follow Jesus into his own home and say, God, I'm here. I'm believing for my miracle. And they stepped out in faith and they did it. And God healed them. He said, become what you believe. And this is a moment we need to allow God to help us believe again. God, I pray right now that you would just speak loudly, that your voice would reverberate in the halls of heaven, but most importantly, in the hallways of our heart about what you will do, God. I pray, Lord, that you would speak a faith promise to them, something that they would hold on to, something that would be a part of their life. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship the King together.